Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That's why we called it the climb, creating leverage in the music business, because that's what you're going to need to move forward. Other people are not going to move you forward for you. You're going to have to show them that you already have a track record, that you've already done some business, that you've written a bunch of songs, that you're on your way, not that it's what you've always wanted to do your whole life, because that's not what's going to make it happen. And the information in this podcast focuses on different examples, thought processes, and actionable items that will do just that. That's why we named it The Climb, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. <laughs> Let me say that again. I've been called worse. <laughs> my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on the regular, he gives you opportunities to connect with the pros, to create real relationships, real co-writes, and climb up that ladder. You can find Brett very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Listen, if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets when we have live show tickets again, and get Get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other Johnny D. And if there were another one, I guess he'd have to stay six feet apart from himself. <laughs> Social distancing for me, myself, and I. Exactly. My, all my schizophrenic friends. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing, you, I, a good thing I'm a crowd in the face, you know, contain multitudes. <laughs> a crowd in the face. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> That's funny. Often alone, never lonely. That's right. All right. Well, we're getting closer and closer to being let out of quarantine prison here. So hopefully uh, mm-hmm. everybody has taken the time and working real hard to pivot and to figure out what they need to do. Right. What are we going to learn today? Well, today we are going to talk about some of that pivoting. You know, we've talked in recent weeks about what does it make possible. We've mentioned online co-writing, like through Zoom or Skype or whatever. And today I just want to take a deeper dive into that and talk about some of the tech and some of the stuff I use and different options to try and demystify it for you and go, okay, here's what I do it and how some other people do it and give you a good head start on if you've never done an online co-write, how to optimize that and make it not so scary. There you go. All right. Well, let's take care of some business first here. It's a digital world out there, but physical media matters. It still is sold like crazy. And it's the difference between getting to the next town and getting to the next town with the belly full of food and being stuck out on the road. Digital royalty payments are so small out there, guys, that selling a CD at a show, vinyl, T-shirts, customized USBs, that's become a very important income generator. So you're going to need it to get by, right? That's right. Hey, we love streams, but it takes about 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money as selling one CD at a gig. One versus 3,000. So I think you're leaving money on the table when you don't have merch on the table. But thankfully, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your disc and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. You can find them online at discmakers.com. That is D-I-S-C, makers.com. Or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. There you go. And if you haven't joined the Climb community yet, please do so. This is an online Facebook group where... 
climbers such as yourself, listeners of this podcast, get together, share success stories, share their music in the right places, of course, Mm -hmm. share their wins, ask for advice, ask for guidance. And it's a big old think tank where you ask a question and there's a bunch of people going to come at you with an answer. And the answers are really good. Most of my responses in there are like a finger up emoji going what they said. Which finger is that? <laughs> the index finger. Okay, just checking. Just want to make sure. Not the middle finger. <laughs> oh, this isn't like Twitter where most of the responses are the middle finger. Everybody's yeah. helping everybody else. Songwriting to the point of what we're going to be talking about here today. There's a lot of connections being made between songwriters that are long distance relationships overseas, stuff like that. But they're doing co-writes. And and creating success from it, mind you. So come in there. We want to hear from you. You have to ask to be let in. We let everybody in, but you have to be good boys and girls or you will be roadhoused out. So don't come in and just spray and pray on the promotion site. Yeah. This is less about promoting and much more about these are your contemporaries. These are your peers. Hey, we did this and we got this. Awesome. Great. Thank you. Not buy my song because the hell is that? You don't need to market your music to a bunch of music makers. That's right. Exactly. I got my own music. This is not about promoting. This is about advancing as a community, helping each other out, commiserating, celebrating getting questions answered, helping other people, finding friends, and that kind of stuff. Not so much about finding fans, which if your music's great, you will. But the last people that buy music sometimes are the music makers. That's right. Especially from artists that they don't know and they've never heard of. Exactly. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to receive your podcast information. We are everywhere. When you subscribe, you get every episode. comes in on time in the right order. You can pick and choose as you see fit. Tell a friend about it. Let somebody know if you're getting value out of this, guys, then tell another musician, tell another artist, tell another songwriter, hey, listen to this podcast. This one did something to me. I want to see what you think about it. Leave a rating and review. We're trying to get to 200. Takes 30 seconds. Leave that rating and review. Help us get there. And that's all I got to say about that. It's funny because it's like an ask for us going, hey, you know, tell your friends about it. But you know what's cool is about I can still remember some of the people that turned me on to certain things. Yeah. And so when I think about this poet named Ted Kuser, who's like the only poet I read, I remember my buddy Steve Leslie, who I've written several songs with. He's a great songwriter, great songwriting teacher. But he turned me on to that. And so when I think of Kuser, I think of Steve. And I get the warm fuzzies about Steve when I enjoy Ted Kuser. I think about this girl that back in my college days or whatever turned me on to the Indigo Girls, <laughs> you know? No, oh, yeah. And sometimes when I listen to their stuff, I think about her. You could be that person. You want to be a little bit more memorable. Turn people on to something that's positive and it's going to be helpful. And, and that puts you in a different place in their brain sometimes in a different file. And I was just think about that while you're asking people to share because it helps you too. Not only does it make your crew hopefully wiser and better at business, which hopefully the whole crew then can rise. But also, if they enjoy it, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, so-and-so turned me on to that. Yeah, there you go. And build some gratitude. Never a bad thing. That's right. So, man, I got a lot of questions about this online writing thing, uh-huh. mostly about latency. So let's get into it. Maybe you're already going to answer them. Yeah. So we're just going to start broad strokes. The good news is more people are open to it these days. Maybe you're outside of Nashville, New York, or L.A., or Atlanta, major music center where people get together in the room and create. And so for you, this is really good news. Obviously, it's not a situation any of us ask for in the world right now, but what does it make possible? More people are open to online co-writing because they're not going to other people's houses or meeting up at the studios. And one buddy of mine, the office on Music Row is shut down. He had to go and get his stuff out. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting on to get a work tape from him or a guitar vocal because, you know, where we recorded it is on his hard drive from the office. He's like, ah, yeah, it's on the hard drive from the office. And so a lot of places are shut down where writers are having to work at their house. 
the good news is a lot more pros are more open to it. And a lot of other people are open to it because they don't want to leave the house. They don't want to take a risk or it's just a pain. And if you're one of those people that are outside a major music city, this is a good leveling of the playing field for you. Me, I split time between Missouri and Nashville, and I'm spending a lot more time in Missouri now because this is where we hunkered down. And so I've been doing online writing actually for a while now because uh, I've done coaching online. And I've done events online. So I was using Zoom before it was a big thing. And I'm writing now with people that normally I would need to get in the room with because they're just more comfortable. And that's cool. All right, we'll just get in the room. And then I would write online in between my trips. And now it's like everybody's doing it. And so it's opened up for me, like who all I can write with online without having to be in the room because they're in the same situation. So it doesn't matter if I'm across the street or across the country. Online is online. Yeah. And if you got the goods, you got the goods. And hey, if you're open to it, that may make it more possible for you to get in some virtual rooms that maybe you couldn't before if you have connections. You have something up over somebody that normally they would write with, but who hasn't really come along to the new way of doing things, to this current situation, it can put you in a better spot and maybe open up some opportunities for you to write with some people that normally you had to be in the room with. So that's one thing. Basically, online co-writing is you get together on a platform. We'll talk about some various platforms where you can see and hear each other and work on a song without being in the same room. Some more good news. This is my sales pitch why you should try online co-writing. Okay, It's more efficient. You don't have those long lunches. You don't have a long commute. You don't have to buy a plane ticket to get to Nashville or wherever. Yeah. You don't have to drive an hour from your hotel or an hour from your house on a music row. Walk upstairs or into your home office or into your bedroom or wherever. You know, you do your thing, your living room, and boom, you're there. For me, my commute is walking up about 20 stairs. Even just within the climb community, we've seen riders have success from that. Mm -hmm. I think of Paul DeMarco and... Bill O'Hanlon. Bill O'Hanlon, yeah. And Bill, who is in New Mexico, and Mm -hmm. Paul DeMarco, who's a Brit. He's in England, Mm -hmm. the UK. I don't know that they've ever met, but I know that they've written together, and pretty sure they did it online, because I'm pretty sure I would have known if Paul DeMarco came to Nashville. Right. He better have told us. (laughs) Otherwise, the first flight out of here, I'm going to go kick him in the butt. If you are in a place where maybe it's this rural area, small town, and the gene pool is a little shallow when it comes to songwriters, Mm -hmm. here's a way to help find other people that are in your class at the moment to do it, and why not? Then you don't have the excuse anymore of why you can't. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Sorry about that. And there are a lot of writers that use it. So I've been using it for a while now in between when I'm not in, in Nashville, when I'm in Missouri, I'll be writing online. And there are other people like Michael Saletta, who's a climber, who's from Australia. I think you've hung out with him, maybe, Johnny. And Mm -hmm. I've had long conversations with him. And in between his trips, he's writing online. He stays up late or however the time zone works out. And that's keeping relationships fresh when you're not in person, face-to-face. You can at least be online, face-to-face, still getting work done with people wherever they are. That's another advantage of it is between your trips, if you're taking trips to a major music city is that you can build some relationships while you're there and you don't have to wait till the next time you come back to get in front of that person again. Maybe you, maybe you can do a meeting online, you can do a co-write online and not only are you getting songs written, but you're building that relationship with that person. And maybe the next time you're in the room with them. And so it can help keep your momentum going in between trips, mm-hmm. which is a really important thing to feel like you're having progress and you're not just sitting still between trips. Because I think a key factor in human happiness is a sense of progress. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you feel like you totally hit the brakes in between trips, and I understand that feeling. It can be really frustrating. Like, oh, I'm just holding my breath till I get back to Nashville or whatever. This is a way to breathe in between trips and to feel like I'm writing songs. And so when I go back, I have new songs to write. These people may be playing them out and stuff is happening. So I think online writing is a really great tool these days. Another thing that is a positive of it is that maybe you're you're able to write in your own studio or your co-writer is writing in their home studio and there's more gear available and you can start recording right then. I'm a lyricist, right? So all I kind of need is my laptop and a mic and a camera and I'm good to go mm-hmm. to write. Other people, they have like 85 guitars because they have a guitar problem. They have the home studio set up <laughs> and they have all this stuff and maybe they can't lug all that to a room on Music Row. They'll just bring their one, maybe two guitars, you know, and they'll have that. But man, when they're at their home studio, some results I've gotten is, you know, I'm working with somebody and they're like, I'll lay this down right after we get done. And they may send you a good clean guitar vocal that you're not going to get off an iPhone recording in the room together. But they got the recording gear all set up. And before they even leave the room, boom, they send it to you like, oh, that's nice. Or they can even start producing. And start getting a demo going if they have tracks and they have whatever their situation is, what they can build. Or you can do that, too. Instead of taking that hour drive home, they can spend that hour laying down good tracks or some good guitar vocal version or whatever. Instead of, okay, I got to get home and then the wife's at the door, the kids are there, and then I get in the studio. Maybe I'll do that later tonight. There's just a break. If they're already in the studio when they're writing, they can be building it as you write. Yep. And so it's more efficient that way. You can get a better product going faster. So I've definitely had that happen where we write and like an hour or two later, boom, I have a pitchable version of it because they're working on it as we were writing or they just do it right then because they're already at the house. And again, that commute doesn't break up their flow. There's some advantages of it. Nice. And you can get results from writing long distance. I have a song on hold right now with the Southern Gospel Group that I wrote with some friends of mine with a Zoom write. And so we wrote online, and I had a title, and we wrote it, not in the room together. We pitched it, and it's on hold right now for a group. You don't have to be in the room to write something worthwhile. Takes some getting used to, but it's like, okay, got one on hold. You know, that's great. That new single by Wilkes, Jealous of the Night. Yes. It came out May 1st. It's already out, so go get it. But Jealous of the Night, great artist, Wilkes. And most of our stuff that we wrote was remote because he lives down in Georgia a lot. And that wasn't even like a face-to-face online thing. That was during a period of my life when I was having to do some some day jobbing. And I was still cranking away at some lyrics and some ideas and stuff. And this idea had hit me. And so while I'm driving around, I'm thinking about it. And then in between stops or whatever, I text Wilkes, hey, I got this title and here's kind of what I'm thinking, like some lyric. I sent it to him. And then I go and I do some more day job. And he sends back, you know, he's at his home studio in Georgia and he's working that day. He's like, oh, I dig that. And he just hopped on it. And this is like via text. Sends me back a guitar vocal vibe of the chorus. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I work on some more verse and I send it to him. Then he'll send me, how does that sound? And, you know, and I tweak. And basically throughout that day, I wrote this song that now is a single. And I don't think we even talked on the phone. I think it was just text. You know, we had a pre-existing relationship, but I don't know if we'd even been in the room together at that point that we wrote that. We've been in the room since and done Zoom rights and stuff. But I was like, oh, that's a single. And it was written over text. Just FYI, every Bernie Taupin 
Elton John song was written in exactly this manner, but not online. Just not text, yeah. (laughs) Bernie always wrote the words, Elton always wrote the music and put the melody to it, and they were never in the same room together. Yeah. So there's lots of super successful ways to make this stuff happen if you're paying attention and trying to get it. But I got a question, and if I'm getting ahead of you, you let me know. Okay. But... With you, you're a lyricist, so you could work like in a two-way write or a three-way write with somebody, and while they're delivering what you just wrote, if you're refining or whatever, or on to the next line, you can be working at that, but the latency doesn't play into that. How do your co-writers deal with the latency? And that does actually segue into the bad news. If you're in a room together and you're both melody writers and, and players and stuff, you're jamming together. That's a common thing, right? You'll be playing together and you're working it out. Somebody's playing lead and you're singing together and you're harmonizing. You know, that's that fun stuff. That's a lot harder to do online because of the latency. Heck, on the podcast, we'll talk over each other because the timing gets a little bit off or whatever, you know? And so... yeah. Uh, when or, I, or we just like to talk over each other like this right now. Because we do. I like to think of it as harmony. <laughs> counterpoint. Point, counterpoint, harmony. Um, <laughs> Cacophony. More like. <laughs> <laughs> so that is something you have to deal with. It's great for lyricists because they're doing their thing and I'm typing away on the next line and thinking about that while they're working at melody stuff. But it still works. People can do that. The one that's on hold. Right now, I wrote it with a husband and wife duo, Zane and Donna King. And, you know, they're in the same room. They're socially distanced together. So they're in the same room. They're working together. He's playing, she's singing, writing melody, and he's playing guitar or whatever. And, and so they're in the same room. And so, you know, it works really well with me being a lyricist. Now, if you're both players, usually what happens is you just take turns. You're not going to lay down the work tape playing together. Yeah. And so if one of you is a singer, one of you is a guitar player, that could be more of a challenge. And I haven't run into that yet because all my co-writers are singers and players or they happen to be in the same room because they're married, that sort of thing. And that's going to be something that you think about and work out as you find co-writers. And maybe not every situation is optimal. I mean, obviously not every situation is going to be optimal. So you're just going to have to think like, what is a good crew if we have three of us? One of us is a lyricist, one of us is a singer, melody writer, and then other person is the player. Then yeah, the latency is going to probably be more of an issue with them playing and you singing. And so you just, like any co-writer, try to build the right room that's going to be helpful for everybody. And it may be a thing, here's what I'm hearing melody-wise. The other person goes, oh, here's what I hear groove-wise. And then you may just have to record the guitar on one end, send it to you on the other end so you can sing it. You know, you may have to do some file transfers and some of that stuff. So I can see how some rooms can be more difficult. Just like anything, the more skills you bring to it, the better off you are. Yeah. I haven't run into it. Let's put it that way. I can see some situations where you would. Sometimes that's going to happen. It doesn't mean online writing isn't for you. It just means you need to configure the room a little different way. Don't let that stop you. Don't let the fear of that stop you. But put some thought into it. Who might be the people I write with this time? Who would be a good room to be in You know, with these people virtually? Be aware of that. Like if you know I write melody but I don't play, that may be a little trickier. Right. I guess it's impossible to kind of get around that, right? Like all the platforms have that latency. I would imagine there's going to be some. It's not something that I have to deal with a lot. So you may try some different stuff. And we'll talk about some different platforms, but see if there's one that seems to work better. Or it might be a thing like you slow down the right and go, here's what I'm hearing melodically, and you sing it for that person, and then they play it, and they record their iPhone into their iPhone and text it to you. And now you have it on your end to play through. And it may slow things down, be more friction but you can still do the work. It has to be collaborative in a different way than it would be if you were in the same room together, but still collaborative. 
shoot, I would have much rather been in the room with Wilkes writing Jealous of the Night just because it's way more fun than what I was doing at the time, driving around doing sales calls. But it's his new single, so it worked. We never worked on it in the room. He would send it, and I'd be listening to it on the way to the next stop, and I'd be adjusting lyric and then send him something when I thought I had something pretty cool. I think he sent me the vibe and a melody for like the verse, too, and then I started writing the verse on top of that. Not really top-lining, because he had the melody. We just kind of went back and forth some different ways, and on one hand, that was positive because it allowed me to think about it a little bit more than having to keep throwing stuff out so there's not dead air. Mm -hmm. That sometimes in a room, it can be a thing, allow me to ponder on it more and send something when I thought I had something pretty cool. But it worked. And that was text. That was definitely more friction than being in the room. Try some different platforms or, again, do the, hey, here's me singing it, and I'll sing it to you, and maybe I'll record it on an iPhone or whatever. On my end, I'll text it to you. You can work out some chords, text it to me, so I can sing over it in real time, and we can see what we think about that. That might be some ways around it. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I'll bet there's probably a strong faction of songwriters out there who are maybe a little dead in the water with this because, choose my words carefully, they're not necessarily performers. Maybe they don't aspire to be a performer, but yet they like performing, right? Yeah. And so for them, getting in a room to write, it's as much about the performance and the jam Mm -hmm. as it is about writing a song. Oh, yeah. You know, and so some of that activity is taken out of the equation when you're trying to do it online. But still, mm-hmm. I just was thinking when I thought about Bernie Taupin and Elton John, there's a bunch of bands that have always worked this way prior to this whole thing that are like, yeah, I said, I make some tapes up. I send them to him. He does this. He sends them back. And then we do this together. And this is what goes down. Pretty sure Dave Stewart and the Eurythmics and Annie Lennox did it that way. He comes up with some cool little beat and then she's vibing off of it. So Mm -hmm. it can happen remotely. And what an interesting way to really scratch that itch and kind of take a few steps up the upward mobility ladder and get a little better at the craft by by doing this remotely. The thing is, it's not quite like being in the room. Some writers are just uncomfortable with it or they're unwilling to try it. And so you may hit some dead ends that way. And and that's 
a downside of it. I mentioned before, part of it is it's more efficient. The upside is you don't have those long lunches where you go, you know, hey, let's go down to, to Mumbrino, let's go to Hattie B's or whatever and, and get lunch. And you're standing in line for an hour just to get lunch and all that time that you could be writing. The downside of online writing is you're not spending that hour at lunch together talking and relationship building. Yeah. My buddy, Michael Farron, one thing he does, he starts a co-write with coffee. And so he writes a lot with artists and they'll come in and they're all just kind of geared up. Let's go, let's go. And he's like, let's get a coffee to slow him down and just to get him talking. And he's like, I'll do pour over. He'll do a slower coffee, you know, just to kind of like, hey, let's relate. While you tend to use your time differently when you're writing online, you tend to be a little bit more like, hey, let's get after it and be efficient and intentional. You can lose some of that relational aspect of just chatting and that stuff's important, too, for relationship building. And you might find out what you're going to write about that day in that chat that happens at the beginning. Something to be aware of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk some about the tech of it. I've written over text. Back in the day, I used to be on the phone with my buddy Tim. Sometimes in college, we'd just be on the phone for an hour or two working on a song because he'd be in Batesville. I'd be back in Jonesboro at ASU, and we'd write that way. But these days, mostly it's phone or computer. And I've done both. Mm-hmm. A couple platforms is Zoom, which I'm sure you've been hearing a bunch about, especially if you listen to me, because I do a lot of writing on that. So Zoom.us is a platform. So it's a video conference. You can see and hear each other. You can also hit record and record easily, which is cool. For me, sometimes I'll just hit record when they're laying down the work tape on their end or when they're just playing through it. So I capture it on my end and I have a little video recording of it. It's kind of my version of hitting record on the iPhone if we're in the room together. And I've sometimes just held the iPhone up to the speaker. So there's Zoom. There's Skype, S-K-Y-P-E. Okay, I mean, a lot of these you've heard about, but I just want to gather up some of these. There's Google Hangouts, which I used to do Google Hangout for some workshop stuff, and it was just kind of cumbersome. I didn't really, I didn't like the friction of it. It always seemed a little complicated, Mm -hmm. but that's been years. And so now I'm like, oh, they just have an app. So I'm sure it's a whole lot easier to meet up on Google Hangouts than it used to be. And you just do it from your phone. There's a thing called Google Duo, which I guess is just maybe for two people, maybe more. So there's Google Duo, which is on your phone. You see each other. There's FaceTime, which a lot of people are familiar with. I've written over FaceTime. I think Facebook Messenger even has a video calling app now. Yes. And so you can get together over Messenger, which is cool. And there are other apps out there, but that's just some of the ones I've used or have on my phone and have used for calling family or whatever. So Zoom, Skype, Google Hangouts, Google Duo, FaceTime, Facebook Messenger. Somebody's on one of those. Come on. You don't really have an excuse. Yeah. If you have a smartphone, which kind of everyone does these days, if you're listening to this on your smartphone, you have access to the technology to be able to see and hear your co-writer. And I think it is important to have the camera on because it's more like being in the room. And I want to talk about that here in a minute. So those are the platforms. So phone or computer. I've done both. You want to set yourself up for success on these rights. You don't want to go in cold. You want to pre-write like you would if you were going to walk into a room with somebody. You want to gather ideas, bring something to the party. Maybe it's ideas if you're a lyricist or maybe grooves, melody. If you're working at your house, maybe you got a track going so you can have playing in the background, a loop, something Mm -hmm. that you can play as y'all are writing. You want to bring something to the party. You want to be a good party guest, you bring something to the party. And so you definitely want to do that for any co-write. But definitely for online rights. Help alleviate some of the uncomfortable nature of it. If you're not comfortable doing it, is to bring something so you have at least a starting point to start a conversation about what you're going to work on that day. The other thing you want to do before it starts is 
check your tech. Make sure your camera works, your mic works. I know with Zoom, you can get on before and see if the camera's framed the way I want it to frame and make sure my Blue Yeti's working, make sure it sounds coming out the right hole, all that good stuff. Yeah. And the lighting's decent. He just wanted to check that stuff out ahead of time. Sounds coming out the right hole. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, that's a weird way of saying it, but I like it. You know, is it coming out the Yeti or is it coming out the internal speakers or what am I comfortable with? So you want to do a tech check. Some of those you need to start a call to nobody or phone a friend, check with somebody and just go, hey, let's just run this ahead of time and just make sure your stuff works. And once you get the hang of it, then the less time that takes. But especially your first one, you just don't want to be dealing with the tech. Then you're stressed out before you even really get started. Right, because if you're not dealing with attack, it's probably the first time that you've done it. Right. Or one of the first times that you've done it, so you're not in a groove, and it just makes the experience bad when, here's the reality, you got to deal with the tech. If it's your first time driving a car and you've never done it before and you're from Mars and you get frustrated because you got to constantly put gas back in it right. to make it work, as silly as that sounds, it's the same thing. you got to deal with the tech. You just got to make sure that works. The more you can be comfortable with it before you're right, then... The less you have to think about that, and the more brain power and bandwidth you have to think about song ideas. Hey, before I forget this real quick, when we post this in the climb community, anybody, and I'm going to start by calling out DeMarco and O'Hanlon, comment on this and talk about your experience. Like, how did you do it? What was the way? Like, who was the melody guy? Who was the lyric guy? Was it a little bit of both on both ends? Mm -hmm. Did you go back and forth? Maybe just to give a brief little dissertation on how it worked and anybody else who's done remote rights please comment yeah. i'm just calling out o'hanlon and demarco because i just know that happened comment in there maybe there's something cool that we hadn't thought of that they can add to this so please comment on this in the client community when it comes out yep excellent so that's pre-writing there's not a whole lot to talk about pre-writing just find the platform set up your room and do a tech check so during your co-write couple things. You've already made sure the tech works, but sit close to the camera. If it's not all the way across the room, so you look itty bitty, you want to be able to see each other's facial expressions, turn your camera on. A lot of it's like, how can we help this be more like it's in the room? Don't set the camera way far away. <laughs> you know, like we want to see the smile on your face and that sort of thing. So turn your camera on and sit somewhat close to it so we can tell you're in the room, right? So I'm not just going, oh, they're there. I can see a corner of his ear. That's weird, but okay. <laughs> you know, just like us with the podcast, and, and now we're trying some different ways where we're not seeing each other, but I'm going to get back to where we're seeing each other on podcasts because that way we can read each other's facial expressions. We can see when you're making that face that means, oh, you got something you want to add, so I know to pause, and you can say something or vice versa, that sort of thing. It's just better I can energy. raise my hand like Horshack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's important. Another thing is, if you got to use the bathroom or refill the coffee, you can. It's Okay. If in the middle of a co-write, and then this may sound silly, but you may be like, can I leave to go use a bathroom? Do I have to be on screen the whole time? No, dude, if you got to use a bathroom, go use the bathroom. It's okay. Just like you would in a co-write. And then when you come back, you got to make the joke about you finish it yet. That's the joke you have to make when you come back from the bathroom, <laughs> whether you're in the room or not in the room, especially if there are two other people, you come back and go, you got it yet? You have to make that joke. It's mandatory. It'd be just like you're in the room together. What may be weird is if you're FaceTiming on your phone for your right, you can't take your phone into the bathroom. I'm sorry. That may throw you off a little bit, you know? <laughs> so sometimes maybe you take a bathroom break and a co-write just so you can check your phone, like check your messages and stuff, but you don't want to be rude. Like, I got to go pee because I got to check my Instagram. Don't do that if you're, you know, 
actually video conferencing on your right. But if you got to go refill your coffee, maybe you make it like, hey, let's do a coffee run. Because that happened oftentimes if you're in a right and change the scenery, break up, staring at the screen, and you'll go stand in the kitchen of the publishing company for a little bit, refill coffee, chat, whatever. Feel free to, if you're on your phone or whatever, just carry that with you as you're going to refill your coffee if you're just chatting. It may kind of break it up a little bit, or it's okay to leave it there and leave the camera on and then just come back when you've refilled. It may give them a chance to take a break as well. Don't feel like you can't leave the room for a minute. Real quick, change of scenery. First of all, I think all those platforms are free, right? Should be. I know I pay for a version of Zoom, but that's so I can have a whole bunch of people on and and do a bunch of stuff. I think two or three people is free, and it might have like a limit of 40 minutes if it's more than two, but you can just start a new one, you know. But just FYI, you said change of scenery. Do you know about the scenery backgrounds on Zoom now? Have you seen that? (laughs) Yeah, I've seen those. Someone last night was at a co-writer cafe. He was like under a big leaf with a big water droplet over his head. Yeah, you can upload whatever videos you want. I don't know how they do it. It's pretty cool, but it's like an auto little virtual uh, background. green screen, and you yeah. can have whatever you want behind you. You can be on a beach. Like if the song takes a turn and it's a city thing, you can put the city behind you. Or <laughs> like you can put anything you want. And that's like it's true. hysterical. That may be a good thing in case you don't like your background. You know, like, oh, my room's a mess. I don't ever want to do that. Or because I'm not, whatever, not proud of your workspace. Yeah, maybe try one of those virtual backgrounds, and that way they don't need to see it. Kind of a fun way to cover it up. I guess. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so sit close enough to the camera. We can see your face. You can leave the room. It's okay. You know, to leave it just the camera on and showing your wall until you get back. It's okay. The other thing is use Google Docs. Now, there may be some other things you can use too, but Google Docs is something I've gotten used to using now. So if you have a Gmail account, you go under apps and there's a thing for like docs. Start like a word processing document and share it with your co-writers. So you can send it to their Gmails if they have Gmail too. I'm not sure if it works, how well it works if you don't have Gmail account or whatever. So you may want to do some hunting for that. Or if you're listening and use something else, please let us know in the comments under this post. But we use Google Docs. So one of us will open it up and put in the other people's email address and send it off to them. So you get an invitation to view and edit the doc and you pull it up and then you're all literally looking at the same document. So you can make real-time changes and you'll see whoever, how many people are on there typing at one time. <laughs> you know, it just kind of shows up in different colors. That way you're editing the same document. That way you don't have to go, hey, I got this thing. Let me read it to you and you copy it down or whatever. You just put it in the Google Doc. Hey, I got this thing. Boom, here it is. It's like everybody's in the same room working on the same path. Looking at the same notebook. Now, Sometimes you may want to work on something like I don't want them staring over my shoulder as I work this phrasing out or whatever. Then you can always have your own sketch pad, your notebook, or another file open that's private and then just copy and paste it over when you want to show it. That's fine. I wouldn't show everything that was on my computer screen when I was in the room with somebody. When I had some I was ready to throw out, I'd throw it out there. And I've gotten more comfortable with working it out in front of people in the Google Doc. You know, you can do that, but it saves time and helps it have less friction because we'll do that in the room together. We'll open a Google Doc so that we're all looking at the same thing, especially with me being a lyricist. I can, boom, pop the lyric right in front of the guy or girl with the guitar. And you don't have that, okay, read it again. What was that? Okay. Or copy it down or whatever. Yeah. That's a good thing to do whether you're in the room or not. So that's pretty cool. It makes it a lot easier to make lyric changes. Now, one thing I would do on there is don't delete other writers' lines. I like to move everything to the bottom. Ouch. Like if something falls out, I heard about that happening one time. Like, where did that go? Oh, I didn't like it. 
had somebody arrested. So that hadn't happened in the room with me. Yeah, don't do that. Add two, right? You don't delete. Maybe delete your own thing, but you don't delete other people's I stuff. I can't imagine that would be. That would just piss me off. I think. Like, oh, wait, that what? got awkward. You know, if you're working on the same dock, you'll figure out your own ways of working. But I'm a don't delete anything. Always just move it to the bottom. Because one thing, you may come back to it. How many times you say, oh, there's that one thing. What was that? I don't know. It's gone now. I hate for that to happen. I like to know it's there and we can see all the work up. And the cream rises to the top of the page. The other stuff goes to the bottom of the page. little Google Doc etiquette right there. That's awesome. Yeah, a little etiquette. Don't erase other people's stuff. I don't even erase my own stuff. Move it down to the bottom. Keep the best stuff at the top that we're working on and that sort of thing. So it's not as cluttered if it's all down at the bottom. And the good stuff's at the top. So definitely don't erase other people's stuff because you could hurt somebody's feelings. So you may want to record from your end to make sure you get a work tape before you bail. Like, I'm not going to play the work tape. So if I'm relying on the other person, I'll just hit the iPhone recorder, hold it up to the mic on the laptop, or I'll hit record on Zoom or something like that. I'll try to make sure I have a version of it as they play through. I'll just try to capture some of those just to make sure I have a version of it in case something goes weird on their end or... They didn't get the chance to lay down the work tape properly, and now they forgot that second verse melody or something weird. You know, I like to have it Mm -hmm. to know that it was captured. It'd be rough. It's not going to be like pitch worthy, but at least there's a version of it in case they go, wait, what was that bridge melody? Oh, I got it. Here it is. Even though that's not something you'll want to play for somebody else. Also, if it goes well, get another date on the calendar before you hang up the call. All right. And this goes if you're in the room or, or not in the room. Super smart. All right? Yeah. Because it's hard to track people down after that, even if it goes well. There are writers that you're in the room, and it's awesome. They love writing with you, and you're like the only person in the room. And the minute you leave the room, they ghost everybody because that's just how they are. They're so in the moment. It's not that they don't love you. They love you when you're in front of them. But then when you're not in front of them, they're loving whatever is in front of them. So if you don't get a date on the books, it's going to be hard to get one pinned down. Then when you're sitting there going, hey, this is great. You got your book? Yeah, got my book. Let's get another one down. And you're much more likely to make another co-write happen that way. I got one of those right now where someone I was writing with, the first time went well. It's like, what do you got? Well, you got something next week? I'm like, heck yeah, I got something next week. And we wrote for like three weeks in a row that way. And then on the last one, it was kind of an abrupt ending. Something happened. And so we didn't get another day on the books. I'm like, crap. <laughs> you know, so now I've emailed the person. I'm waiting to hear back. So it's going to be at least a couple of weeks in between writes now. You know, we did have a good kind of consistent thing going. And so if it goes well, have your calendar ready and ask for that next co-write before the write ends. Again, that's true whether you're in the room or not. If you want to get another right, do it right then. Yeah, plus it's going to exponentially increase the possibility of a yes because they're in the moment. Exactly. They can't ghost you when you're sitting there. (laughs) They just get up and leave. Oh, that was awkward. (laughs) I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I was just thinking, wow, they're just in the moment having a good time. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do it. But you're right. They can't ghost you. They can't pretend you didn't ask. They can't pretend they didn't see it. Yeah, or they can't just be flighty. I mean, I know people that it's nothing personal. They're just flighty, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're just, hey, squirrel. And so it's it's so easy for them to go, well, I got your text, but I wasn't in front of my calendar right then. Or I wasn't sure what my next because I was waiting on this other thing and down further in my text and I forget about it. And, you know, it's not malicious. It's just squirrel. And it happens to all of us. Yep. I'm not as quick to respond if someone texts me I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll need to look at that. I'm, then if you just ask me right now, I'm like, yeah, let me get my book out. Let's put a date on. And then it's done. So that's a big yeah, thing. Or too. that text comes in and you're right in the middle of something. You're like, I'm going to get right back to that. And then it's a day later and you're like, oh, crap, I still owe that person a text. You know, you get distracted and all kinds of stuff happens. The next thing you know, it gets buried. Exactly. Stuff gets buried so fast. 20 other texts and 
is below the fold. And yeah. Yeah. If you're asking me and we're still face to face on that call, that's the most important thing in my life right then, because you're looking at me and I'm still in the room virtually. So some people may still kind of put you off. Let me look at it and I'll hit you back. Okay. But at least you tried in the room and that definitely increases your chance of getting another day on the books and closer than it will be if you've got to do the dance that takes a week to finally pin something down. You've lost another week. That's really the stuff. Now, how do you find these co-writers? That's the last thing I want to address. How do you find these co-writers if you don't already have a bunch of them? A couple of things. One, in the climb community. Every once in a while, we'll post a co-writer connection thing where you can post like, I'm so-and-so from so-and-so, and this is what I do, and I'm looking for co-writers. So you can post under that as a comment under that post. We do our Music Monday which is where you can share your music as a comment under the Music Monday post. That's a great time to go, hey, here's one of my songs, by the way, looking for co-writers. Here's what I do. And people can hit you up. People can hear what you do, and they can hit you up. So that's a great time to do it. In the Songwriting Pro community, I have You Day Tuesday and Feedback Friday, which are times that you can post your music as a comment under those posts. So you can do the same thing there. Another thing that – and we just had this co-writer cafe. And this is something that's normally only for – songwriting pro plus subscribers people that are subscribed to songwriting pro and have a monthly subscription or yearly subscription or whatever and we'll get together every month or every other month at the furthest out and we do a zoom call and so everyone can see each other and it's called the co-writer cafe and it's free with your membership and what i do is i break people out into small breakout rooms of like three to four writers for 10 minutes at a time then you just get a chat with people that are interested in finding co-writers and do have the ability to join a Zoom call. It's a self-selecting group. It's a target-rich environment. These people are looking for co-writers, and they can write remotely because they're on this video call right now. They can pull it off, right? <laughs> they're already qualified, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a qualified lead, right? These are people that have already raised their hand, and they're looking to make connection and meet people. And we did one Tuesday night. It was actually part of our open house for April, and we had like 40-something songwriters on there. Nice. And so we broke them down into groups of three or four for 10 minutes at a time. And then I bring them in to the main group, shuffle the rooms and send them back out with a different group of people. And so one writer got to meet 12 to 16 other songwriters in small groups so you can actually get to know each other versus a big group when, you know, you don't really connect with anybody. You just hear from a lot of people. And people are having a blast. People are like, this is so fun. Because some people are like, yeah, I'm holed up in Nebraska or something, and I don't get to hang with my peeps. And these, oh my gosh, these are my peeps, even though I'm just now meeting them. And other people that have been there and been to several of them know each other. It's a chance to reconnect and see somebody that you haven't seen, except maybe on Facebook in the previous month. And so co-writes have come out of that. During that time, you can share your contact information and that sort of thing and making friends and finding co-writing connections through that. And so that's the Co-Writer Cafe. So if you're interested in that, we'll have another one coming up. We just do them periodically. And sometimes I make them open to the public. Sometimes it's just for subscribers. But you can go to songwritingpro.com slash inside or just go to songwritingpro.com and look under the events tab and you'll know if we have another one coming up. But That's a great way to do it. I suggest doing the other stuff, the climb community and reaching out to people through those posts. But there's definitely something about getting on a video call with people and getting to see the smile on their face and talking about where they're from and talking about what kind of music you like to do. And like I said, they've already raised their hand that they're looking for co-writers. So that's really the best place I know of, other than other events that we do at Songwriting Pro. Co-writer Cafe is a really good spot to find some of those co-writers. Hey, and if you want to find out about when the next one is, best way is to 
join the Songwriting Pro Insider's email list. And you can do that just by going to Songwriting Pro. And, and if you click on that button that says free gift, you can download my free ebook, Think Like a Pro Songwriter. Just tell me where to send it. I'll send it to you. And then I also know you've raised your hand so I can let you know about when the next co-writer cafe is or the next jam session or the next know the pro event, all that good stuff. You can join up, meet other writers and, and hopefully go write a hit, write somebody single over long distance, right? There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. So subscribe if you haven't already to wherever you consume your podcast. Join the Climb community and find some co-writers in there. Why not? Mm-hmm. Ask some questions. Be good boys and girls. We run a tight ship there. Brent runs a tight ship. He's in charge of cracking the whip. I love that. <laughs> Leave a rating and review. You'll make it honest, but we hope it's a five star. And finally... Take the time and tell somebody about this. If you're getting value out of these things, then another musician, another artist, another songwriter is going to benefit from it as well or may know somebody who could benefit from it. And that's why we're into all this goodwill. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.